I've realized that I have a deeper need than forgiveness for my past sins or crimes against God and his law. I know that I've been born again, and I have certain victory over committed sin. I see that there's sin dwelling in me like a cancer on my motives, and I want to be freed from this internal corruption. I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and to have my heart purified by faith. But what is the next step? Good morning, and welcome to God's Resistance. Thank you for tuning in to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. We are local. We're in the Wyoming Valley in the Wilkes-Barre area. And what we're trying to do is looking to start small groups so we can talk about spiritual matters and look at the Bible together. We're trying to be disciples and make disciples. If you would like to have a Bible study, then please contact us. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us for video content, teaching, and preaching. You can find us on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. If you need something, please also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. Last week, I was talking about after you're saved, after you've given your heart to the Lord and you've been radically changed in your heart, you start to realize that there is this deep need in the heart. There's an indwelling cancer. There's indwelling sin. Even though I've got victory over outward sin, there's something inside of me that seems to go against my highest good, my highest oughtness. There's something inside of me that seems to betray, betray the Christ that I love. And so we got to the end of Romans chapter 7, and he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Sounds like a man or a woman in desperation. Who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? I don't want to live like this anymore. Doesn't sound like a man who's making an excuse for his sins. And so the question naturally is, he answered and said, Christ will do it. But what's the next step if you find yourself in that position? What do I do next? Lord, help me. Well, I want to talk about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Hungering and thirsting. You know, if we're not hungry and we're not thirsty, something's wrong with us. If we can go days on end not being hungry and not being thirsty, something's not right with us physically. And it's the same spiritually. If there is no hunger, if there is no thirst, there's no desire to go forward in the things of God, something's not right. So that hungering and thirsting is instrumental and biblical. When you're hungering and you're thirsting after righteousness, holiness, a clean heart, you want to be sanctified holy, and you acknowledge that you need a pure heart, but then make the object of your seeking God himself, and he'll lead you through and give you the blessing that you're seeking for. Hungering will lead to the hand of the provider. Hungering will lead to the God on which, in, in whom we love, who we know will provide for us that spiritual meat 
that which we're looking for in the deepest part of our soul. So when we see certain food in the grocery store and you see that it's out of your price range, what do you do? What do you do when you see that same food being offered to you by one of those ladies that has the little red and white striped aprons on for free? You go right up to it and say, I'll have some of that. Thank you. (laughs) And then you eat it. You know, God puts before us the milk and honey of Canaan and the grapes of Eskel, creating an appetite for it. And then he tells us it's free. You just have to come and get it. Isaiah 5, excuse me, 55, 1 through 2 says this. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken or listen diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. There seems to be a lot of contradictions in this right here. He said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. That makes no, there's no problem with that. That makes perfect sense. But he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. I don't have money. How do I buy this? He said, come. We must, there, there must be something that we have that we can come to God and get this. He said, get wine and milk without money and without price. I'm offering this to you for free. So why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Or why do you spend all of your strengths of soul and body and mind on all this stuff that's not going to satisfy you, that's not bread for your soul, and your labor for that which satisfies not? You work and you work and you work and you work spiritually and you're not getting anywhere. Why waste your time, God says? Why waste your efforts? Why waste your money on things that won't satisfy? And then he says this, listen diligently, hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. It's like God saying, forget all this other stuff. I got something for you that'll feed your soul. Don't waste your time with all this other I've got this. It's free. Listen to me carefully, God says. I've got something to you. It's free. You just have to come get it. It's good. It's better than all the stuff that's offered to you everywhere else. I've got it. Delight yourself in fatness. The thing is, is God can always give us that invitation, but it's up to us whether or not we're going to take it. So when those hunger pains come on, don't try to ignore them, those spiritual hunger pains, because Jesus said, you're blessed if that comes on you. When you get hungry, really hungry, and your stomach knots up, are you concerned that something's wrong with you? Oh no, something's wrong with me. I've got cancer. I'm going to die. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that might think like that, but generally speaking, that's not what you think. You're like, I'm hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. In Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's the promise. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, because they're going to be the ones that are being filled, which kind of brings out another point that if I don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, I won't be filled. I won't be filled with the Spirit of God. I won't have this problem taken care of. So notice it's always a personal responsibility. It's always the invitation, but it's always, what are you going to do about it? That's the question. The hunger for God involves the desire to be under his dominion 
and not under sin's dominion. Psalms 119, uh, verse 133, it says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. If you want to learn about auto mechanics, do you go talk to a doctor? When you want a pure heart, it seems only right that you seek to converse openly to the pure one and he converse or talk with you. So that hunger for God involves that desire to be under his dominion and not under sin's dominion. Order my steps, Lord. I don't want iniquity to have dominion over me. So I'm going to God talking about this. Psalms 27 8 says, When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Is that your heart? God's telling us, Seek my face. Seek my face. And the psalmist said, When God told me that, I was like, Lord, your face is what I, that's what I'm seeking. I'm seeking you. If one went day after day, if you went day after day without much appetite, you didn't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but maybe you ate a few peanuts four hours later, you popped a raisin in your mouth. What would you think about such a person? You would think something's wrong with this person. And that hunger has to be constant and daily hunger, not just a little hunger here and a little hunger there. A healthy person develops an appetite where they are daily hungry. Why should it be any different in the spiritual realm? And we're talking about a saved person hungering after a holy heart. Why should it be any different inside of a saved person's heart? They get radically transformed. They're translated from the kingdom of light into darkness. They've got victory over that outward sin in a large measure, that inward sin, or at least the consent to it. And yet they feel this corruption, this indwelling sin, this tyrant inside of their heart. And now all of a sudden, they're going to stop hungering for God? That doesn't make any sense. The same God that saved you, that forgave you of your sins, that gave you new life, that same God wants to burn out that carnal self out of your heart, and he wants to dump his spirit out on you and fill you with himself. It only makes sense that that hunger's got to be daily. Remember, Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They are going to be the ones that are going to be filled. So with this hunger, Having to be and must be a constant and daily hunger, not just a little here and a little there. Look at Proverbs 8, 31. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. That's what God says. That person's blessed. The person that picks up their Bible, not just to read it and check it off a checklist like, oh, I've had my time with God this morning, but somebody that wants to hear the living, breathing word of God. And so we pray and we open the Bible and we say, I want to hear your living voice through these pages. I don't want a dead letter. He said, blessed is that man that hears me, that hears my living voice, that's watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. Why? I want to learn spiritually. I want to hear a word from heaven. I need to be empowered from God himself today. If I don't hear his voice, I can't make it through today. That person has a constant and a daily hunger. They're getting low before God. They're getting quiet before God. They want to hear God. Well, 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3, those verses, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Think, if you work a long, hard day, you work up a hunger. If you don't work long and hard, your hunger is a little bit less. 
So if you do not seek God through prayer, reading his word, and good books about holiness of heart and holiness of life, you're not going to have much of an appetite or hunger after righteousness. But we're told here by the Apostle Peter, through the Spirit of God, that we're to be like newborn babes. You never have to wonder when a newborn baby's hungry. They cry, they fuss, they scream out when they want milk. And he's telling us, be like that. Desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. In other words, if I don't desire God's word, I will not grow as a Christian. And if I want to grow as a Christian, I must desire the milk of his word like a newborn baby. And he said, do that if so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Which helps me to understand and should help you to understand that if I don't have that hunger and thirst in my heart, if I don't have that appetite for God's word, and I haven't tasted that the Lord is gracious, I've probably not been saved. Because somebody who's been saved, that's been born again, that's been radically changed by God, they have a thirst in an, after the knowledge of God and after his word. Hunger must involve the whole of our heart's affections and of your heart's affections. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. This is a picture of seeking with the whole heart. Blessed is that person that keeps God's testimonies, that hears what God says, believes it, and walks in the light of it. Blessed is that person and that seek God with their whole heart, not half-heartedly. God wants all or nothing. And that's the picture of, a, of seeking God with the whole heart. In the Songs of Solomon 3, 1 through 3, here's another picture. By night on my bed, I sought him with whom uh, who, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I'm gonna rise now. I go about the city in the streets and in the broad ways I'll seek him with my soul, whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye he who him whom my soul loveth? Now, this is a picture of a lady seeking after her lover, and it's understood in an allegory or in a big illustration that this is the bride of Christ seeking after Christ, loving him with her wholehearted devotion. She was letting everyone and anyone know that she wanted to find that one whom she loved. That's the heart of a Christian. That's the heart of a saved soul that's seeking after God in all of his fullness. She doesn't care what anybody else thinks. She wants God. He wants God. If it's you, if it's a guy, I don't care who knows it. I want God, and I'm seeking after his face. Psalm 63.1, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I don't want to know your presence just when I go to church. I want to know your presence wherever I am. And he said, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Here, you and I are living in such a place in this world that it's like it makes us starving for the presence of God. It makes us starving for the truth of God because what we want is we want God and everything around us seems to be contrary to him. And so we say in this dry and thirsty land, I want God. I need God. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T.
T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. We were talking about how hunger must involve the whole of your heart's affections. And here are some more verses. Psalm 63, verses 2, and we're going to go from verses 2 through 8. And in verse 2 there in Psalm 63, it says, To see thy power. He was hungering and thirsting after God in a dry and thirsty land. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. David was in exile. He was being hunted like a dog by King Saul because of Saul's jealousy. And he said, even though I can't go to the temple, and in our present day, even though I may not be able to get inside of a church, I still want God. And he's saying, your mercy is better than just having life and doing whatever I want. I want to see your power. I want to see your glory, just like I've seen when I have been able to go in the sanctuary. Here's a man that loves God and has a hunger and thirst after him all the time. Verse 3 of Psalm 63, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. My life is for you. So I want to bless you and I want to praise you. You're worthy of my praise because of who you are. Verses four through eight. Because of this or thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. My heart is fixed on you always when I remember thee upon my bed and I meditate on thee in the night watches, in the, in the late times, in the middle of the night, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. I, I used to live in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to school for recording engineering. And as I was li- uh, living out there in Phoenix, Arizona, I noticed there's no drainage anywhere on the sides of the roads, you know, or, or northeast. And I, I, I mean, I've had exposure to down south as well, too. But I've lived in the northeast most of my life, northeast United States. So in the northeast, you see gutters, you see drains inside of the ground. In Arizona, nothing. There was no drainage because it evaporates. And it's, it, it evaporates and it soaks in the ground in about 20 to 30 minutes. You can have a crazy downpour there. And it did. It would downpour and it looked like a flood, like water was pooling everywhere. 20 to 30 minutes, you would never have known that it had even rained. And David saying it like this, my soul is so hungry for you that it's like that land that's been in the drought, looking for rain to fall on it. So when the rain falls, it just sucks it right in. Psalm 143, 6 says, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. Whenever you see that word Selah in the scripture, it means think about that. Think on that. We need to wait upon God like a waiter waits on the table that he's assigned, ready to do whatever is requested from God. You realize that all you need comes from him. And back to Psalm 62, 1, truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation. That's, we're, we're like in this state of expectancy. I'm devoted to God. I love God. I want to hear his voice. I want to obey him. I want to do what he says wherever, when he gives me a promise, when he gives me direction, and he will never direct you to do anything that is contrary to the Bible. 
He'll never do that because the devil himself can pose as an angel of light to steer, steer us off course. That's why we need to speak to God and seek God through his word so that we don't get dashed on the rocks. But we need to wait upon God like a waiter waits on the table. They don't come and just start dropping things on your table and hope you like it. They're waiting to see what you need. They ask you how things are going. They bring you what you want. And that's what God wants of us. We need to wait on God like that. This hunger finds its ultimate desire in Jesus only. I don't just want a blessing of peace, a blessing of power. I want Jesus. John 12, 21. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. What do you think about a woman that married a man just for the blessings of riches he gave her? I think the term for that is called a gold digger. What would the husband do after he found out that she just wanted his blessings and riches? Is there real love there? These people really love one another? You just wanted to get blessed. But you didn't want me. And think about that in your relationship with God. Do you just say you love Jesus because you like his blessings? Because you like what he gives you? Or do you love him for who he is, no matter if you get blessings or not? Because that's the true devotion Jesus is looking for. He wants us to love him because we're blessed inside of our soul, our devotion for him. We love him because of who he is, because of what he does, what he's done for us. Because of what he did in my life, not for just riches and, you know, Lord, I'm only going to serve you if you bless me. If that's our attitude, we'll never get very far with God. John 6, 26, Jesus answered them and said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. So put your seeking for Jesus himself, for he is the bread of life and God sealed him not his blessings. Don't be like these people that just followed after Jesus because Jesus did miracles and gave him some food to eat. Seek him because you love him. Jesus said to those people in uh, the 27th verse of John chapter 6, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. It doesn't matter what offers come your way. You know that your desire is for God and nothing or no one else will satisfy. Psalm 42, 1, as the heart of the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That's the heart of somebody who's hungering and thirsting. And usually, the meek and the lowly are the ones, not usually, definitely, according to the scriptures, the meek and lowly are the ones that are willing to eat crumbs from the master's table because they're so hungry. They're not so proud that they, like Naaman in the Old Testament, he had uh, leprosy and he says, uh, I was thinking that I was going to come to the man of God and he was going to do some crazy big miracle. And the man of God just said, go wash in that dirty river over there dunk yourself seven times and God will do it. He got so mad, but then Naaman's servant says, listen, if he asked you to do some great and heroic and, and awesome feat, you would have done it, right? Well, he just asked you to do something simple. Go dunk yourself in the river seven times. And Naaman thought for a minute and went, you know what? He's right. I'm just going to humble myself and do it. He did it. And then God healed him. It's the same for us. 
Sometimes we look for the sense of the heroic so much, we miss it when God's simply just telling us to do something so meek and so lowly. And meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is strength controlled. Meekness is saying, I do have strength, but my strength and my powers are going to be under the lordship of God because he knows how to use these th- my strengths in the right way. He knows how to guide and direct and empower me to do the best. So the meek and lowly are the ones that are going to get the crumbs from the master's table, Psalm twenty-two, twenty-six. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. When one is hungry, even things that are bitter seem sweet to their taste. Proverbs 27, 7 says that. The full soul loatheth in honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. When you want God bad enough, it doesn't matter if it comes through some bitter means. You want God. Free, feed me, Lord. I'm overwhelmed with love and desire for you. That picture we find between that lady and her lover in the Song of Solomon's 2, uh, verse 5. Stay me with flagons. Comfort me with apples, for I'm sick of love. It's like, you're, you just want God. I don't want all the dainties of the world. I don't want a counterfeit. I want God. And that's the only thing that's going to desire, that's going to fulfill my desires is God. And if you're hungry, he's the only one that can fill your mouth. Psalm 81.10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. And if you know the Old Testament picture, Egypt is that land of bondage. Egypt is that place of bondage of sin, the picture for us on the New Testament side in the New Covenant. And he's saying, I'm the one that saved your soul. If you want to be fed, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. Don't look for it from the world. Don't look for it anywhere else. I will fill it. I will give you that righteousness and that holiness of heart that you desire and long for. And the hunger stays when we are assured of the good that is for us, and we rise above the obstacles that we might face. We realize God's promises and his abilities and his power to make us conquerors. We have that spirit like Caleb had in the Old Testament, Numbers 13.30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome the land. That was the land where there were giants in there and the people were afraid. They sent 12 spies in, 10 of them came back and were like, we can't do this. Those people are huge. We're never going to win. And Caleb and Joshua were like, no, 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 no. God gave us a promise. We can win. Let's go up and possess that land like he told us. It's the same for you spiritually. God's got a land of blessing and power and abundance for you spiritually. Victory over sin. Victory over indwelling sin. And it may look like you've got to face a lot of giants. But God's given us great, exceeding, precious promises whereby we may become partakers of the divine nature. But we have to rise up like Caleb and said, I'm well able to possess it because God's promised it. He will give me the victory. Numbers 14, 6 through 9, And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent or ripped their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. That's the mentality that you and I need to have as Christians if we want a holy heart. 
So where are you, Christian? You've been saved. You see that there's that land of abundance. Are you seeking God? Are you hungering and thirsting after Jesus himself? Is his word prized above all else? Are you aligning yourself to his word? Are you obeying God? Is he peeling you apart like an onion, showing you that indwelling sin, showing you that corrupt pride inside of your heart, showing you those evil jealousies, showing you that unrighteous anger, showing you that lust after the world, showing you that pride that's inside of your heart, showing you that you care more about uh, what men think of you than what God thinks of you. You must hunger and thirst after righteousness in order to be filled. If there is no hunger and there is no thirst, then we cannot obtain that holy heart, that baptism of the Holy Ghost. We cannot be sanctified holy without that hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Please tune in next Sunday at 9 a.m. If you'd like a copy of this broadcast, or if you need someone to talk to, or you need someone to pray with, please contact us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us for teaching, preaching, and video content. You can find us on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Join the resistance. God's resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.